Yo, this is the ancient Texan. Good morning. I'd like to take a kind of a new look at $15 an hour and see where it leads to. I'm a process engineer and one of the things we learn is that there are ripple effects that go, if you change one step in a process, you affect not only the steps following it, but you often through recycle streams and requirements for the particular step, you affect streams upstream. So there's some discussions on minimum wage that I think are grossly simplified and they're not system thinking. So I'm going to take some examples. If you're not interested in this, then uh, that's good too. Um, But if you want to see it as a system person sees this question, then I'll do my best here to kind of walk walk you through it. Let's take McDonald's. And let's say they came along as a company and raised their wages to all their people, minimum wage, 15 bucks an hour. Well, if they did that unilaterally and Burger King and Wendy's and everybody else kept their current wages, um, it'd make their hamburgers a little more expensive. Not as much as you would think. And you would think, you know, Burger King and Wendy's would profit from this deal. And it might result in uh, McDonald's losing enough business, although that's a complicated equation right there. There are some McDonald's is the only McDonald's and, you know, that freeway stop. And then another one sitting you know, surrounded by competitors and this already has a low volume. So the the impact there is obviously different depending on who it is. And also you could argue that of that fifteen bucks an hour you actually get more loyalty and better performance and so you may not have to pay for the full amount. And a place like McDonald's has about 20-25% of their cost or people. It's, that's uh, be an educated guess. But let's say if it's even 50%, which is not likely. Uh, if you have wages go from Let's be generous to McDonald's. Ten bucks to fifteen bucks. Say a thirty percent increase. Well, if they represented half the cost of of the place, um, then that would reflect a you know fifteen percent increase in hamburgers. But not maybe not because downward pressure on price might move some of that to cutting into the profits of McDonald's. 
or cutting into advertisement or cutting into some other factor. So you might get a, you know, 10% increase in your cost of hamburgers. So they go from five bucks to five fifty. Now, what, what effect does that do? Well, in the case we're doing right now, you go, crap, I'll go get a Burger King. Assuming you're not loyal to McDonald's. But now let's take a more realistic case. Let's say 15 bucks an hour goes into place and Burger King, Wendy's, everybody's paying 15. Your hamburgers go up 10%. What's the effect? Well, if you want a hamburger that you buy, you're probably going to keep going to where you want to go. So what happens there? That redistributes money from the average customer, uh, which would probably be lower middle class or lower financial class it distributes money from the people buying them to um, the McDonald workers are now living better. So, you know, you get one less hamburger a week and maybe you cook at home more. So you go to the grocery store. But now let's say if the grocery store prices are probably going to go up more than McDonald's because they, you know, labor there probably represents a higher percentage and their margins are much smaller. There's very little for them to pass on. So they have to go into the price of hamburger meat. So what's happened, if you want to keep eating hamburger meat, um, it's going to cost you more because it's going to be distributed in higher wages to the people that used to be uh, on minimum wage or now on the new minimum wage. So, <laughs> there's probably some shifts there because people will, will adjust to minimize the pain. But there's also some shifts in the people now working at McDonald's and Burger King and stuff have more money to spend at the grocery store. Um, at every other business. And so there's a redistribution of money across the whole spectrum. Now, where in general does this have to come from? Generally, it has to come on the first level from the profits uh, of companies. And then it increases their cost, and then they, they're going to attempt to maintain profits. And they're going to push... Um, prices up um, and the whole thing's going to restabilize again but it doesn't happen overnight and there's a short term push to redistribute money to the lower end of the spectrum and a lot of pressure competition to keep those prices and costs from being pushed up the food chains so Bezos may make a billion less next year Will it severely disrupt him? Probably not. Uh, the system, it just kind of automatically functions to keep redistributing it to the top. And without a lot of constant effort to change that, that's just the natural 
flow, and there's a, some kind of rule on that, but it's a, an example of the Pareto principle. So, is that just, you know, we've just raised the living standard of the lower class and taken people out of poverty? For the short haul, intermediate haul, yes. There's another factor we haven't uh, talked about. Let's think about those trucks that deliver the hamburger meat to McDonald's. Those guys probably all get 15 bucks an hour or more. And they're huge. They're probably the biggest workforce in America is truck drivers. They'll get some upward wage pressure from a $15 an hour. It's just everybody that's above them gets a little pressure and it gets, you know, you go to your boss and say, Sally's making 15 bucks and she's only been here a year and I've been here 10 years and I'm only making $15.50. So he bumps you up to 16. So there's this constant wage pressure all the way up and some would argue somewhat inflationary which there probably is, but the world is so damn competitive and uh, we have supply chains moving stuff from cheap areas to expensive areas. And even with the you know, realization that uh, we may be in trouble depending too much on China and other people, that's not going to change overnight. In fact, that's a whole other issue that we've talked about. But what's coming for the truck drivers and a lot of other people, and even McDonald workers, is robotics, computers, AI. Um, I've been in restaurants now where, uh, at the airport, where you go in and there's a machine there, and a, a, like in Wawa stores, a convenience store where you order put together your sandwich and your meal and your breakfast or whatever and punch it in uh, wave your credit card uh, someone comes and delivers your food well someday soon a robot will come deliver your food so that there's a guy in the kitchen although there can be automated too so in the, in the short haul, we're talking about raising minimum wage. Um, and one could argue there's some job loss, but it's not nearly as big a deal in most of the current studies. Is. And it's also moving either pay people through their wages and let them survive, or you have to have a welfare system. So which way do you prefer to give money to people that are working and trying to stay alive? I think the wages make so... Uh, a lot more sense personally I think it makes a person feel a lot better about himself to have a job that he's working at and earning money than getting a welfare check so right now I, I would argue if it's widespread enough that just more money gets distributed to the lower part of the economy and you make some tiny increment uh, of change in wealth inequality, which without effort uh, starts redistributing again. Uh, it's not, it's an ongoing, it's a continuous phenomenon. 
But what's looming over us is AI and automation. Um, as you increase wages of people, you make uh, AI, robotics, more competitive, more cost-effective. So you're pushing against a line here um, that lets people justify bigger capital expenditures and more R&D to move toward robotics. So the gig we're playing here on minimum wage um, is probably going to be a gig that's reasonably effective or is really reasonably ineffective as it's always been. It's always been behind. Um, probably for the rest of my lifetime, but, but maybe not. Because we're going to increasingly see as we get more concerned about wealth inequality and push the wages up from the bottom that we justify the expenditures for R&D and development of more robotics and machines that take the place of people. And you're seeing that all around. It's not someday it's going to happen. It's happening right now. Go to your grocery store. Where's your checkout people? Some stores, it's, there's a lot of automated machines where you check yourself out. You're going to new devices that are embedded in the packages and you pick the packages up and put them in your cart. That's going to be where it eventually is. It's not going to be people up front helping you check out. It's going to, you're going to check out as you put them in your cart. You can imagine a grocery store that's got a security guard up front and cameras watching you, although the security guard can also be automated. You come in, put everything in your baskets, and there's no people there. You can uh, imagine a restaurant instead of having, you know, depends on the size of the restaurant, you know, 10, 20, 30 people, can have five people, two people, three people. Uh, a machine's doing most of it. Sure, that's 10 years away, but um, don't kid yourself that that's a long way away. It's happening around you all the time. Automated drivers are already delivering um, freight over routes that are repetitive and long haul routes with no driver. It's coming, it's happening. It's a steady, accelerating march. So when you take minimum wage, you're really taking on a lot bigger issue than just minimum wage. And I agree that we should pump up minimum wage, and I doubt if we can ever, because of the political problems, ever pump that up too fast to really hurt our economy. There's just too much resistance there. But we're looking at do living wage is wealth inequality. And wealth inequality is 
driven indirectly by the urge to be more efficient and finding more cost-effective ways to do something. And every time you do that and you eliminate a factor of production, which can be a person, uh, you make the whole company more efficient and more money goes to the top. Um, there's not a natural balance in the system that uh, there's no paramount driving force that I know of that pushes money down to the bottom. The closest thing to that is individual entrepreneurs that come up with something. Uh, But that's not a widespread talent. And it's not a talent that we teach. Uh, And also, you know, having your own groups that you trade within and co-ops and those kind of things are kind of a resistance. But that's a feeble one compared to the ongoing, relentless drive for efficiency, which at the moment is pushing us toward more automation, more AI, uh, AI that works a zillion times faster than our brains, and is of yet not quite as complex, but it's, as soon as that breaks that threshold of being able to handle complex task and problems like our brain does and it's tasks that are multi-variable, multi-relational with balancing acts between different priorities. Uh, That threshold is not that far away, uh, which is a whole other subject. So when you start talking about minimum wage, we're talking about wealth inequality and distribution of money. Uh, that tends to concentrate in the top just by the drive to efficiency. You're talking about trying to find some way to move it to the bottom. I don't think that's going to be economics. I think that's going to be a decision on something similar to uh, basic income to the lower levels. And then I think we need to have a long time talk about meaning in life and how we find meaning if it's not through our jobs. How do we find meaning by helping each other, caring for each other, being good humans? How do we find meaning in that and not the things we possess? That's really what minimum wage is about. And how do we trust each other enough that we distribute money to people that in our judgment don't look like they deserve it? Maybe we need to even have some discussions about free will and determinism and what leads to the person being in the condition they're in. That's heavy stuff. That's the kind of stuff you're really talking about when you talk about minimum wage. You're talking about taking a natural marketing system, which is actually pretty um, open trading market system, free trading. Um, It's pretty natural phenomenon. It's not that complicated that people are allowed to trade 
what they have to someone else freely, whether it be labor or some service or hardware or, you know, bag of beans. You're taking a very natural system uh, that tends toward being more efficient and eliminating cost, which include people. It's its natural state of being. It it kind of conform. The reason it works, it conforms to kind of human nature. So you're taking it. You're talking about taking that um, and changing the whole basis of the system. That's going to require a different understanding of humans and what gets them to where they are. Um, what motivates them, what sets their course in life, how their family of life and their schools and the people around them affect who they become. How we lead, help more people live better, more rewarding lives. Kind of as the Buddhist says, minimize suffering and a maximized joy. It's all wrapped up in this bigger package. It's not as simple. Uh, there's a lot of values in, involved in this $15 an hour. Let me reiterate, I'm all for it, but I think it's a one step down the road and saying how we treat and care for everybody in a more global way that's based more on human nature than our, well, as much on human nature as our current system is. Let's say based on more of our good character, of our potential character, uh, than the current system is. Because I very much think the current system is, is pretty much based on our character as I say, for better or worse. Anyway, I've, I've entered the stage where I'm rambling a little bit. And I don't know if this is going to be useful to you or not, but it's... Um, you're seeing the way a, a process engineer thinks when he sees a system before him of interdependent parts and realizes you can't talk about one part without talking about the whole. That's my two cents. This is the ancient Texan on the minimum wage at McDonald's. Have a good one. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred in our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.